welcome everybody. A lot of guests tonight. Mashallah. We have three sisters from London here tonight. Let's introduce yourselves. Just say a word and your name. I can't hear you. Don't be afraid to use your voices here. Uh, be generous with your voice, always. <laughs> it's not more spiritual to be quiet, except at certain moments, yes. Asma normally has a very strong voice. London extension <laughs> driving <Yes>. them. <laughs> okay. Well, our sister Rahima, she's not a guest. She's a family from Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome. And um, Irusha? Yes. Who we're meeting for the first time. Welcome. 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 And most of you know Jeanette, who came from Montana today, yesterday. And Shakira, visiting from St. Louis. Raise your hand. <laughs> and a sister next to Shakira, who are you? I'm Peggy, I'm Mirach's mother-in-law. Mashallah. Okay. Wonderful. Welcome. 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 Rauf, Zakia, and family. Yes. Welcome again. And our brother Midraj, who I uh, kidnapped on Bartstown Road yesterday. <laughs> I grabbed him, I ran up to him, and I said, Merhaba, we never met until yesterday. Um. And God bless him. He's a Nazan. I'm just doing that. It's okay, be modest. It's okay. <laughs> Turkish, of course. Welcome, welcome. We're happy to meet you. And, uh, we hope we can join your mirage. Or you join ours. Um, good. Well, it's good to see everybody else, some of whom I haven't seen for a while, but it'd be beautiful to be together tonight. Can I point out that Bibi is also from Montana? Yes, Bibi, I know. Yes. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, Bibi is from Montana, and we need to take her for granted. And she's not always here. It's beautiful to see you, Bibi. Daughter of Rauf and Zakia. And uh, a cousin back there, uh, Abdullah? Yeah. Okay. Welcome, <laughs> Salam. Where's Anna? Anna, would you scout around and would you see if you could find a calligraphy that has Allah, like a pretty good size Allah? I don't know where you'll find it. Maybe in there or maybe in there. Just I should have thought about this sooner, but I want to use it for something. <laughs> 
idea? Um, depending on what size you want, there's the most beautiful names book has the calligraphies that are... Yeah, where is that? There's a copy, I think, on the shelf by my sh uh, long chair in my study. Most beautiful Inshallah. names. Yeah, that would be good. See if that... That's good enough. So, with many guests and some of you here for the first time, our conversation will be broad. Um, as you can see from our beginning this evening, that we are doing inner work and we're using our attention to uh, open up a space inside, a space that is relatively free of the clutter of thoughts and the mixture of desires and feelings. And I know that that's a struggle for, for us, but that struggle is worthwhile and in time that inner space grows and it's become something very beautiful when the human being knows that we have a heart, we have an inwardness um, that is spacious, that is infinite, that is peaceful, that has strength, awareness, purity. So we are working with what you already have, which is your own being. And we don't expect you to um, begin with any particular beliefs other than the belief that we live in a spiritual reality. But even that has to be proven. That has to be experienced. And our practice together is to deepen in that experience that we live in a spiritual reality and that we can access that reality where it's closest to us, which is in our very being, in our heart. And the teachings of Sufism have always understood that this uh, God that we call Allah, which is not meant to be some separate God, of course, from any other gods, but is a word that describes the wholeness uh, of everything of which we are each. I don't even want to say a part which we all belong, of which we all are. This one being, there is only one. Kulhu Allahu Ahad. Say who God is only one. Allahu Samad. That Allah is self-sufficient, um, complete. Lam yulid wa lam yulid. Neither born nor giving birth to anything. And nothing can be compared with Allah because there's nothing outside of Allah to compare with. You can't say, you know, there's this glass of water and then there's Allah. And Allah is much bigger and this is small. No. It's not that way. But we don't know that because we are, to different degrees, imprisoned in an idea of ourselves. It's okay to have a self. But if our idea of ourselves is that we are somehow 
independent, separate, isolated, just one random thing among many other random things. Uh, and then we're living in illusion, and that illusion leads to certain tendencies, certain behaviors. It leads to competition. It leads to, possibly, selfishness. It leads to fear. To live within that concept that somehow I am this mortal body, and I am this, psych, you know, this brain, and this whole electrochemical, neurological entity. I am this, and I have to assure that it's going to live. I don't want to die. I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be ignored. How does that very strong conception of an individual self all of these things arise out of that. It would be unrealistic to say, as some mystical writings say, that you have to, that this self has to disappear. It never disappears, except when you're totally unconscious. Otherwise, there's always I-ness, some kind of I-ness, but the question is, what kind of I-ness will it be? Will it be the kind of I-ness that is defensive, aggressive, uh, or self-deprecating, or shamed, or, or will it be an I-ness that is a stable, balanced, um, positive, self. To reach that level of being a positive, coherent, um, conscious, responsible human being, that's the third level of, of development in Sufism, out of seven levels. That is the third level. And that's where we should at least begin. If you're here, I hope you're at least at that level being a responsible, good human being. The next level, which is something we struggle for moment <coughs> by moment, is to be in a state of presence, to not just be a good human being, functioning and doing all the things a human being does, but to do it with awareness, to do it with a sense that we are within this greater field of the divine, of this, that we are, um, <coughs> we are of Allah, we are of the divine, we are, um, and I'm still I won't say part of it, no, we are it, an aspect of it, a reflection of it, an expression of it, we are that, there is nothing else. And yet we are also individuals, but the individual has been given something in the core of our being. And in the core of our being is this really extraordinary thing, which is talked about in the Quran, and not very well understood. We talk about our Rab, our Rab, R-A-B-B in English, usually translated as our Lord. 
better yet, our sustainer, the Rabil Alamin, the Lord of the universes, the sustainer of the universes, but also the educator of the universes. Very significant. But that educator of the universes, most important thing to know is that rub is right where it's closest to you. That's where that rub is. And that's the meaning of that word as differentiated from the absolute, the divine absolute Allah, which is everything. There's also this very interesting feature at the heart of every human being, your connection with divinity, which is unique, uniquely your own. The great uh, Sufi philosopher, mystic Ibn Arabi, would say that everyone has a, a different rub, and usually it would be under a particular divine name. So you might your rub might be an anur, the light, or it might be al-alim, you all know it, or it might be al-shafi, the healer, or it might be al-qadr, the powerful. But that is your point of access, your point of contact with divinity. That leads you most directly to the divinity and eventually leads you to all the other names, all the other divine names. So in our cosmology, in our understanding of what a human being is, first of all, we actually have a good language for it. We're living at a beautiful time, too, when we have more uh, rich, effective metaphors. This is a holographic reality, and you are a hologram of the divine. It's a perfect analogy. Everything that is in the divine is in you, only it's latent in you. It's manifested in the divine, but in you it's latent until you make it manifest. So, and all you Sufis all know, uh, whosoever knows herself, himself, knows her, his Lord, his Rabb. There's a clue in that. Um, if you know yourself deeply enough, in other words, if you have the attention, the focus, and the purity of heart to really look with constancy deep in yourself. You will meet your Rub, you will meet your Lord, you will meet your sustainer, you will meet your educator, the one who is educating you as well as all the universes. And all the universes are being uh, educated, uh, the good word is edified, or um, what is it when you bring up a child? You're nurtured, you're you know, in every way, the universe, this, this oneness, is involved in a project of awakening, beautifying, um, perfecting, developing every single conscious entity, and human beings most of all, except maybe for dolphins, I don't know for sure. <laughs> So that's our situation. 
And when we worship, the form in which we worship, standing, bowing, prostrating, we are prostrating to that rub. We are not doing this for God. I'm sorry, God doesn't, Allah doesn't need this. Allah does not need to be worshipped. We need to worship. In order to <clears throat> generate those energies that are eternal, uh, are real in the invisible, that are spiritual, that are the greatest beauty that a human being can possibly experience, be, and become. Because you're working on your eternal being. Eternity is real. This life is a chapter. While here, work on that eternal being. How do you do it? Remembering God, Allah. Worship, which is both in form and in just how you are, how you live. You know, everything in our system, everything is sacred. What's not sacred? Everything is, can be, become part of our worship when we're living consciously, beautifully, responsibly, generously. And everything becomes part of one worship. So, to state it very simply, the revelation that came to Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, the Quran, it's not just another religion come to push out other religions. It's, and it's not an enemy of anybody. It is a statement about The nature of reality. The nature of reality is that, first of all, it is one. Um, we, with our minds and hearts, are have some agency, have some will. We are creative within this reality. And yet all the creative power comes from that one. All the creative power can flow through us. Unless, and this scary thing is, and one reason why this spirituality is so needed today, and I hesitate to go off on this tangent almost, but there are many forces in this world that are keeping us dumb, imitative, asleep, under control, enslaved. I'll stop there. And the human being has a right to attain sovereignty. Sovereignty means power over yourself. Power over yourself comes from acknowledging the sovereignty of Allah, that everything is sourced in Allah, all beauty, all power, all will, all consciousness. Are you following me with this? It's all, you might say, in the field. All of those qualities are in the field. Are you going to be part of that? Are you going to accept that responsibility? Or are you going to live a sort of mechanical, dumb, repetitive, uh, 
cliched, pop culture, consumer, media-controlled life. That's, that's the jahiliya of today, meaning that's the ignorance of today. But, you know, they say Islam is submission, as if somehow Islam means you just got to get down and follow somebody else's will. Throw yourself on the ground and do what you're told. It's not that at all. The only thing worth submitting to is this wholeness, which is Allah. Nothing else is, is, deserves your submission. No, no religion, no, no political power, nothing. The, uh, Islam is very beautifully insistent on this idea. And when I say Islam, let me say that for us we understand Islam almost with a small I rather than a capital I, if you can understand what I mean. It's a state of being, it's not a club. It's a state of being, it's not an institutional religion, it's not an organized religion. Quran says, with God the only religion is Islam, meaning with God, with God, in God's eyes, and from the point of view of the divine, the only thing that is religion is this state of surrender, this state of intimacy and union with what is already one. Yeah. And on the front, it's a little harder to see in the bees, but it's there. <laughs> the bees did their version of it too, you see. The bees in the honeycomb. Did Allah. This is a book we published many years ago, The 99 Names of God. So that's Allah. You'll see, let me explain it here. Allah begins with this, begins reading in this direction. This is Aleph. It's the number one, it's the letter A in Arabic. But here Aleph means, it reminds us of Allah's oneness, aloneness, complete absoluteness. Boom. That's it. Um, but not as something apart. But that's it. And it's beautiful just a brush stroke. And the brush stroke is precisely seven dots. If you have a dot, the aleph, if you're going to be rigorous about calligraphy, it's seven, it's the length of seven of those dots. Aleph. That is the essence of this reality. Forget religion for a moment, okay? Forget, you know, all that stuff just for a moment. We're talking about reality. Now, what's going on here? These are two L's. Al, it's not Allah, it's Allah. It's like two L's. This is important in Arabic. English, you don't pay attention to these things. In Arabic, you pay attention. So, what's happening here is Allah is beginning to manifest. This Allah here is beginning to manifest because there are planes of reality. At the highest level, let's say it's a plane, it's a subtle level of existence uh, which can be described as the plane of qualities. You know the qualities are 
things like compassion, mercy, generosity, beauty, truth, power, justice, all of these things. So at this highest level of reality, up here, that's, the, in a sense, uh, where manifestation is coming from. This is manifestation. This is manifestation. But it begins at a very subtle level, from the Aleph, and then comes down another level into the level of names. The names meaning it's those qualities, but embodied in particular names. I don't necessarily mean Asma or Dahlia, though that too. Um, but at the realm of names, it's more differentiated. And those qualities are beginning to manifest in this theater of reality. And the mystics see it this way. You know, you, 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 uh, when you, you break free of the prison of your isolated self, and the world of reality opens up a little bit more, you begin to see it's all a dance of, of these names and qualities. And, you know, different people are, represent different qualities. Some are very strong and powerful, and some of them are very latif, very subtle and light. Others are radiant, munawar, nur, full of nur. So, in the theater of manifestation, it's beginning, but even these people are governed by all of these interplay of names and uh, qualities. And then finally we get down to this little loop at the bottom here. Well, I made it at the bottom, but you can look at it this way too. You can look at it any way you like, but down here at this little loop, let's say that really is this existence, and that's you. You can put yourself right in there. And that, by the way, is the H. And that H implies a U. So that H is H-U. It's who. It's Allah who. We just say Allah. We don't say Allah. We say Allah, properly speaking. So remember, there's two L's, and then there's the H. And that little H, that little bit of, takes a little bit extra to say that. Allah. And the beauty of Arabic language is that they're so precise with their consonants, they don't garble their words, they don't mumble. That's the beauty of the Arabic language. Everything is so precise. Allah. is the who that we invoked. But the significance of the who and of you is that you are that hologram, that hologram. <laughs> um, uh, you are the carrier, the latent carrier of all these divine qualities. So what are you going to do? You know, will you accept that? Will you Practically speaking, find a way to manifest those qualities. Don't think that spirituality is hiding yourself. Uh, 
don't think that spirituality is disappearing as a form or an expression. Something has to disappear. It's the false self. It's your vanity. It's your wish to claim credit for anything. It's your belief that somehow I did it or I could do it. That has to disappear. And this is the basic metaphysics that is in Islam. It's sort of understood a little bit generally, but it is so deep. The reality is so deep. Do we have the, the weird handy, Camille? Mm -hmm. And you know that beautiful passage, I've read the following words from the Mevlevi word. Um, there's a whole bunch of words that most of you know and, and recite often. But when you hear all these words together, you begin to uh, appreciate from the point of view of this wholeness that we're talking about, you know, that it's that of which we are a part, of which we are a holographic representation, <coughs> that the power, all power is with Allah. All everything, all force, all energy, all gentleness, <coughs> all beauty, all grace, all love, all mercy, uh, is in that divine reality. And all we have to do is clean ourselves up enough to reflect it and activate our will. So, by the way, they use this word for a kind of a beginner in Sufism, the student is called the murid, the one who is willing. I used to think of that as a kind of beginning stage. The murid is the new initiate, the one who has just accepted the responsibility of a spiritual life. But what the murid also means is the one who's willing to activate their will, but in a pure way not for oneself, to choose how will you be of service, what will you give back. Mevlana says, for every breath you take, give one back. Mysterious saying, for every breath you take, give one back. What is that breath you have to give back? It's consciousness. It is awareness. It is adoration. It is appreciation. It is understanding. It is acknowledging the source of all. And Camille will read to us, and let's read, of course, you'll read the Arabic too. I have readied the following words. Facing all fears, there is no God but God. La ilaha illallah. Facing all sorrows and sadness, may it be as God wills. Mashallah. Facing all benefits, praise be to God. Alhamdulillah. And facing all abundance, thanks be to God, shukranallah. Facing all astonishment, God is subtle beyond all knowing, 
Subhanallah. Facing all sin and error, I ask God's forgiveness. Astaghfirullah. <coughs> Facing all scarcities, Allah is enough for me. Hasbiallah. Facing all calamities, we belong to God and to him who shall return. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Facing every event of destiny, I trust in God. Tawakaltu Allah. Facing all obedience and disobedience, there is no means or power in anyone except through God who is the Most High, the Most Great. La hawla wa la quwata illa bil